I just learned the best spell of all. What's that? Sleep. Hello, welcome to my alchemical bromance. I'm Joey Harrison. This is... And I'm Eric Arneson. And we're here with Nate Neff. Yes. Who, Hello. He's an awesome guy and has a fantastic beard. He's the master of Esoterica Lodge number 227. I am uh, the current sitting worshipful master. Yes, the Grand Lodge of Ancient Tree and Free and Accepted Masons of Oregon. And, and also the secretary of the Portland Scottish Rite. I am the general secretary of the Portland Valley Scottish Rite of Freemasonry. And also, he's got a beard that's almost as cool as mine. <laughs> almost. Yeah. If I had the mustache to pull it off, I think it would go much farther. Um, so, uh, tonight we're recording two podcast episodes at the same time. Uh, the, we're having an interview with the Lady Masons done by a guy who's not a Mason at all. And that's happening a block away. And then we are uh, drinking beer outside. And we're going, to, we're going to ask us Masons the same questions that we're asking the Lady Masons. Which may be interesting at times. And it may be <laughs> super dumb. Yeah. But uh, just, you know, as a pre- this was Joey's idea. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh, wait, no, maybe it was Nate's idea. Wait, it was Nate's idea. idea. Nate had this we idea all conspi- at French. We all conspired. I, I had this, this portion of the idea. So good at I, uh, I told Nate a story about the foreskin of God from, from uh, uh, Rabbi Moshe Cordovero, and he immediately came up with this idea. So this might be... <laughs> Part of the sloughing's off. Yeah, you need to be a little louder. Okay, I'll try to be a little bit louder. Okay, all right. So, uh, and just Joey, to be, just to be clear, we're actually recording outside next to the street at the Pocket Pocket Pub. The Pocket Pub. Oh, right. And what are you drinking? Uh, this is a, a it's IPA like a, from Fort George. And it's like a something squeeze or a some yeah. I don't remember. Was it Scorpion Squeeze? Uh, that doesn't sound safe. I think OSHA would frown on that. Perhaps. Yeah. Maybe Perhaps. It's like scorpion Hug. <laughs> There's a squeeze in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Nate, what are you drinking? I think it was the Frame Summer or something. Something ale. Summer ale. Yeah, totally. We're way on top of the beer thing yeah. today. Which, by the way, actually, so... F- my Portland friends, don't judge me too much, but... Fort George, even though they're out of Astoria, Oregon. Oh my god, this beer is amazing. That's my favorite brewery ever. Did you taste this yet? It is. It's amazing. It is fresh and fruity, and the hops are like delicious. It is absolute. Fort George is, is amazing. Joey is right. Uh, his Portland friends do judge him on this, and they judge him well. <laughs> okay, so Joey, what's our first Mason question of the evening? So, in keeping with the questions that are being asked down the street, question number one. We know this one is really crass, and it's okay if you don't want to answer it. But it come, but it, but com- it comes up with embarrassing frequency when discussing the existence of female masons and the mixed ginger lodges. Ginger? Ginger. ginger. <laughs> oh, that's gender. We totally accept <laughs> mixed ginger lodges. Yeah. Speaking as one. Because we don't. We sometimes let gingers in. Uh, it's sometimes. <laughs> it's not all the time. How do you handle these? How do you handle bare breasts during, during initiation? initiation? You wanna, Are there topless you wanna, ladies? You want to take this one, Nate? Uh, I can handle this one, I guess. Um, we 
handle bear breasts in our lodges pretty well. I mean, they're men's breasts, and we're pretty familiar with seeing them. So it's mostly, like, man boobs. Yeah, man boobs yeah. at the worst. Um, but... Uh, so there aren't topless ladies there are topless No, dudes. there are no topless ladies. Uh, we may have topless guys as part of one of... Or actually, throughout multiple parts of the degrees. Um, I mean, say we handle it pretty well. Yeah, we see a bunch of cool tattoos. Yeah, that is actually really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that is a big difference from Oklahoma, where there are no tattoos there or are no tattoos, men. but it's just not. There aren't as many uh, frequent esoteric tattoos. Ah, yeah. So it's cool to see some of the cool art that gets revealed in Portland. I have to say that's probably one of the most uh, artful parts of the initiations I've seen so far is the tattoos of our participants. Yeah, and sometimes it's been really surprising. Like, mm-hmm. you, like there are some amazing. I, we can't say any names, but yeah. there right. are some super awesome tattoos out there. Yeah. Okay, number two. <laughs> I wrote these questions, but you can tell because I'm going to say okay again. Okay, more serious now. Let's discuss terminology. Are some of these terms more offensive than others? Clandestine. How does that make you feel? Um, it makes me feel like there's something going on that shouldn't be. Yeah, it it, it, it indicates it's not a good feeling. It's like not quite appropriate behavior going on. I, I wouldn't say it was necessarily offensive to me, but I'm not a, in, a, in anything that would be considered clandestine. So. Well, you are in something that would be considered clandestine by another organization. True. Uh, Don't, I, Joey, you can't lean back. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't answer while I was leaning back. Uh, yeah, so, all right, how about irregular? Irregular, I'd say it would be a... A offensive term that implies that they don't have the same merit or our organization doesn't have the same merit as another one yeah in one in one way mentally I can see where it's, it would be offensive but I like irregular things so it's uh, not a, to me it like, sounds cool it's like wabi sabi yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to jump in on this one because I think irregular might be one of the more offensive terms on here because it implies like clandestine when you say something's clandestine that just means that they're practicing freemasonry still but they're not like recognized right irregular is like oh they say they're freemasons but they're actually doing oddfellow ritual or something like that like it sounds kind of like you're saying not only are they not recognized but they're not practicing real masonry yeah irregular kind of sounds like a slap in the face. I just joined Freemasonry and all I got was this t-shirt. Yeah. I'm going to move the recorder because I think Nate's still too quiet. You know, you guys just think, you guys overthink the words too much. I, that's what this (laughs) question is about. This question is about overthinking words. Okay. C. Regular. I wouldn't consider that to be offensive. Isn't it kind of the same? Well, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of in the same family. But if you're on that side of the fence, then you're regular. You don't have to worry about it. It's not offensive. I assume if they were implying that you weren't regular, then that just goes back to the first one. Next, previous one. Yeah, yeah, I so, guess so. So I'm going to switch things up. I'm just going to blurt out the first thing that comes, the first image that pops into my head when I see the word. Uh-huh. Uh, granola. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Oh, man, I guess in that sense, regular is yeah. boring. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like IPAs. Sometimes they make me irregular. Yeah, like just this morning, I. <laughs> so I eat granola. 
I'd to like become to, regular again. I'd like to take a really brief break to uh, draw your guys' attention to something really cool in the sky. Uh, over our heads, that's the moon and Jupiter. Very nice. Jupiter looks super sexy tonight. Yeah, even American though... flag. Joey, think bigger. Think bigger. Think bigger. <laughs> Ooh, a squirrel. <laughs> okay. The next term is recognized. Yeah. No, re- no reaction. No, I, I don't think it's it would be offensive, because um, no matter what organization you're recognized within your organization, so there's always uh, a level of recognition from companions of the same craft. Yeah, and for me, it just kind of comes down to context because w- we are recognized by a specific organization. No, we're the organization that recognizes, really. Yeah. Well, kind yeah. Of, kind more of. UGLE, but United Grand Lodge of England. <laughs> it is actually all under that sort of umbrella, which is kind of weird. They have a big umbrella. I heard that they have you, a big umbrella. I heard that the UGLE... Can we call them ugly? Can we just Can we just make that... I mean, it spells ugly, kind of. UGLE. Ugly. Don't you stir up the pot, Eric. Yeah, I going to get us a regular. I really want to stir up this pot. Uh, all right, so, so ugly and, and uh, the Grand Lodge in New York are having recognition issues right now. Really? And it's all over because, some yeah. super petty bullshit about, like, some lodge in in the Middle East that, or something of that nature. I I read it on uh, at, on Hodap's web, website, and it, I was it, just sort of like, this is just bullshit. Like, is it petty? It's extra petty. It's all like uh, recognition um, politics petty. Yeah. So because one doesn't want to recognize the other does. No, it has to do with like the UGLE or New York. I can't remember which one chartered or recognizes a lodge uh, in this jurisdiction in the Middle East that the other one doesn't like or doesn't approve of, and so it's super petty. It's petty. Interesting. Mm. Okay. It would be interesting to hear the backstory. Uh, it's all on it, it's all uh, on Hodap's website. So I read the backstory, but I found it to be so obnoxiously petty that I didn't retain any of it. <laughs> I was just sort of like, oh my god, this well, is exactly the kind of It's one of those things. That it may sound petty on the surface, but there may be some layers that we don't understand. There could be, I guess. Um, you know, the question of politically, especially. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk about it too much on the podcast because it feels sort of like uh, airing dirty laundry but yeah. I've got some issues with the whole uh, uh, system of recognition in masonry worldwide I think there's some stuff about it that's super crappy that's interesting um, I think you're wrong well I'm okay I'm okay with that I, I really don't know I think well, that I've seen you wear that shirt 150 times <laughs> I wear it every time I see you this I is my shirt for I Eric. think of it as like your lucky shirt <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh wait, did you look it up? <laughs> I did. I found it. So it was actually Grand Lodge of Scotland. Oh. Um, oh, and, not and, ugly. Nope. And Grand Lodge of New York. And apparently, it's to do with a lodge in Lebanon. Okay. Uh, yeah, um, that's the Middle East. You yeah. Mean? It. It. Uh, one major bone of contention grew over three former New York members from Lebanon who were expelled by the United Grand Lodge of New York and had been heavily involved in opening the DC Chartered Lodge. Oh right. It's. <clears throat> Let's not so, talk about it a whole yeah, lot. I think we, just, should, we can link people to it. it. Yeah. yeah, it's some it's, well, if, if anybody listening has any inside yeah. information, if you're involved in this at all, and you want to reach out and give us a 
the scoop. That would be fun. Uh, but I do feel like I do feel like it's though. it's too uh, it's too it's the wrong kind of esoteric masonry. It's like the the political side where people who aren't masons are going to be. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. In- interestingly enough, uh, two of the people on the other end of this podcast are from Lebanon. From, oh, geez, you're right. Hey, Laris. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hail Discordia. Okay. Okay. Mainstream. I digress. Mainstream. Yeah, I don't want to say it's offensive. I mean... It's a pretty vanilla term, yeah. too. Makes me think of Walmart. Yeah, me too. Mainstream. And, and I have a hard time thinking any of masonry is really mainstream anymore. Yeah. Okay, let's just go to the next one. I, I like these two terms a lot. I'm going to say them both. Liberal Freemasonry and conservative Freemasonry. Have you guys heard these terms used to describe masonry before? That's how I politely describe things in certain lodges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would, it, have to, I would have to agree. It's um, it's a continental term. So in Europe, um, unrecognized or I don't know what we want to call them, clan, uh, irregular lodges or clandestine lodges that admit um, atheists or women or. Uh, or both men and women, or like ones that have sort of like a more liberal view towards uh, human rights, that sort of thing, um, are super common. So they, instead of ha- like in the United States, the big split is between like mainstream Freemasonry and Prince Hall Freemasonry. But in Europe, they have a split between what they call liberal Freemasonry and conservative Freemasonry. Hmm. Conservative is English style. And, oh, I see. And liberal is more like continental style, where there's like secret chiefs, or they admit atheists, have like a blank book on the altar, or something like that. Since I just had to describe these terms to you, I suspect that you don't have a whole lot of opinions about them yet, unless they're like super immediate opinions, like your snap judgment. I, I now knowing more background to it, I because uh, I do actually because I give tours with of the Scottish Rite Temple all the time, and I'll use that as a, a term for. When I'm describing, say, a lodge in um, Oklahoma or something like that, I'd say it's a more conservative. Uh, oh, so branch now of you have a broader view of conservative mm-hmm. and liberal Freemasonry. Yeah, whereas I would cons- I would have said that I would consider Portland Masonry to be liberal Freemasonry. <laughs> but Portland Freemasonry is still conservative right. Freemasonry, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. So, we still are so our Ledroit Humane friends. Oh God, I'm, I'm never I'm never going to say that word right. Ledroit Humane. Ledroit <laughs> you have to say it really <laughs> shitty. Can we just call it like French fry Freemasons? <laughs> uh, I think that would be one of the offensive terms. Oh on here. crap! It's right on there. We're gonna have to edit, to edit that out. <laughs> I'm not. A, I okay. All right. Uh, it's your turn to ask the next question, Joey. Okay. Uh, so, what originally drew you to Freemasonry? Do you feel like what attracts you to Freemasonry is a common draw in your organization for other men? Yeah. And women. I like from what originally drew me uh, was the family lineage aspect of it, and then um, also that in studying uh, things like theosophy and occult practices and things like that, I kept getting led to Freemasons. Do I need to be okay? So I I kept finding members of these organizations like the Golden Dawn and the Theosophists and things like that had all been initiated into Freemasonry, and so. I figured there was a deeper spirituality that was going on there than what I had assumed from the surface, which was that it was primarily a, what I thought at the time a Christian organization. Um, and then the uh, 
the the aspect of it do I think it's a common draw I think the the heritage side of it is um, I don't know how much the interest in the eastern mysticism western mysticism practices in it were for anybody else I know some of my friends are but that's because I've made friends with them and we have same similar interests so uh, I think I've talked a little bit about what has drawn me to Freemasonry before on the podcast but it was originally kind of uh, I had like sort of a yearning for an initiatory experience uh, and I also felt like I wanted to be more involved in the community um, I think the desire to be more involved in the community is a common draw but I don't think that the desire for an initiatory experience is a common draw but I also think that that's changing I feel like people who approach Freemasonry now are interested in the initiatory experience. I think that, uh, actually, I'd really like to talk to New Masons a little bit more about this, because I'm not sure if they're drawn for the desire for esoteric knowledge or if they're drawn for the experience of an initiation. But maybe that experience for initiation is something that biologically is ingrained in this, because it's been a process, something that's been a part of tribal processes for forever, since the beginning of man, even in well, maybe not chimpanzees. I don't know if they. I don't know if they have initiation. Oh, I mean, <laughs> chimpanzee Freemasonry is huge in certain jungles. I've heard. I bet it is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I don't know. Um, I think it's. A, I think it's. An, I think it's an internal draw that maybe subconsciously we're driven to. Yeah. The initiation to be accepted by the group to be taught by a by a, uh, a mentor or an elder. Dude, don't hit the table. It's going to be louder than you are. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I will hit the table if I want to. Uh, don't hit the table. It's going to be my thing from now Arg. on. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so, but like a follow-up to that question. Wait, hold on a second. You asked that question. I know. I've got a follow-up. Oh, oh, okay. Follow-up. Are you ready? Are you ready for this, Nate? Sure. Okay. So one of the things about you, Nate, that, that is really interesting... And I know you kind of like brush it off, but you are like a, a freaking historian when it comes to um, Freemasons in the cemetery. Yeah. And I, I, I interact with with cemetery people from all over this all over the state. Joey puts a lot of people in the grave. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people in the industry, and I've you know I got conferences. I spend a lot of time with them, and they don't. They've got a lot of history, but they don't have. They don't quite delve into all the stories the same way that you do. So, what, your interest in Freemasonry, did were you interested in the Freemasonic history in in cemeteries before you got in? Or was yeah, that I was. And uh, anyone that walks cemeteries a lot will notice there's a lot of Masonic graves. And prior to being a Freemason, I thought the imagery was very interesting, and that was uh, a draw for me. Um, I use cemeteries as a kind of a reverse lookup. So I go and I find the graves of Freemasons and then I go and research their history as to why they have a fancy grave or don't have a fancy grave or who they were or what they did. Um, I think, I, I don't, I, I kind of shrug off the, the idea of historian because I think of it more as storytelling because I like to find the stories behind the people as opposed to necessarily the history. That's yeah. like, etymology. Uh, that, that's the same thing. Well, that's yeah. what the word means. A historian is a storyteller. But uh, yes, yeah, you're right. Um, but but there's history which you 
would usually fall asleep in class during, and then there's stories which are enthralling and <laughs> keep you interested in the, in the characters Crap, that are involved. I just started hitting the table. Uh, just like I told you guys not to. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things where, like, historian is kind of like an old, uh, oh, education term. Some people have a knee-jerk reaction against it, so storyteller is kind of... Yeah, it implies that I have knowledge, and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you do, though. You've got gorilla knowledge. No, no, he's yeah. totally, he's diagenizing yeah. us right now. Yeah. All right, okay. I don't, what does that word mean? I don't know what that it, means. T- the readers, the listeners know. The listeners will figure it out. Okay. Okay. Somebody email me about that. I'm not gonna look it up. <laughs> yeah, you can email him at. Wait, what's your? The real Joey Harrison at therealjoeyharrison.com. That's not true. That's not a real email. It's my. Is it my turn? Yep. Okay. Number four. Which was a greater draw in the craft, the occult and esoteric elements, or the promise of community? Uh, for me, that was definitely the occult and esoteric elements because I was way more involved in that for years before I even really knew what Freemasonry was. Uh-huh. I'd heard it in books. Yeah, I'd read it in books. Uh, the term, I knew it. it to me, it was just kind of like... It, it wasn't a, a main focus until uh, a good friend of mine got married in the Scot- Scottish Rite Temple in Guthrie. And I was saw... It a- was it a Mason marriage? Was it like a Mason getting married? Oh, in Oklahoma? Never mind. I'm sorry. In Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. They walked outside and immediately got Clarification. <laughs> no, it was a friend whose grandfather was a Scottish Rite Freemason. And uh-huh. I brought my uh, best friend Joey in. We grew up together. We're not brothers. Commonly There's discussing. more than one Joey? There is. There, think... there's a, there, there are actually three Joeys. There's me. I'm Big Joey, even though I'm shorter than Little Joey. <laughs> You're so tiny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's also medium Joey, who's bigger than both of us. Is there like a is there like a super big gold Joey? That was probably me. <laughs> but not anymore. I, I <laughs> uh, okay, how about you, Nate? Uh, in terms of that, I would say the occult and esoteric elements over the community. Not that I uh, wasn't drawn by the community of esoteric and occult uh, elements of masonry, but... Um, that's I didn't totally have as much knowledge of the community uh-huh. aspect of it before I joined. Cool. So I found out about that later. I mean, I, I actually, well, with the the aspect of having my family be in it in the past, though, I also knew that my great-grandfather, who was the last Mason before me, had used it in his travels of the world to have friends wherever he went. So I guess I did know some aspect of it that I was drawn to. So maybe a little bit of everything. Okay. Um, All right. So you're on number five. What what percentage of your <laughs> Grand Lodge is female, uh, and how about your local lodge? Okay. Uh, well, I would pretty safely say that zero percent of the Grand Lodge itself is female, and also zero percent of my local lodge is female. However, um, we do have the female organizations of the craft like eastern star and oh yeah but that's just the, all the old people that's not nice it's true <laughs> they are a lot of old people and yeah they, and uh, it does not have what i would consider to be the same aspects that, that the rest of the freemasonry going on it has so um is there any talk about uh is there any talk about with the transgendered stuff that's going on 
Gotcha. How's the Grand Lodge react to that, especially in Portland, where it's it's more of a oh, you know, that's a super good. Normal. I have an answer yeah. to that question. Um, the so so I don't know about any um, women who have transitioned into men, but I do know of a few men who have transitioned into women while they've been Freemasons in Oregon, and they have very respectively, respectfully, sorry, respectfully uh, withdrawn their membership. They've been like. We don't want to cause trouble. We like Freemasonry. We respect it. We're not going to cause trouble for the Grand Lodge, and they've withdrawn their membership before, before the transition has gone on. Yeah. What, has there been any discussion about what would happen if they didn't want to withdraw? Um, I have heard a little bit of discussion, and it's mostly just a ton of confusion. We have yeah. no idea. That's sure. a confusing thing. It's not that, surprising. Yeah, it's it's not a, it's not an issue that we know how to. Dis- that we know how to address yet. Yeah. yeah. At, at this point, our lodge system is more gender binary, and so it regards a you have to be a man, and if you're not a man, then you can't be a member. Right. Yeah. Um, but the uh, well, and I guess the with if you're going to be transgender, you're not really transgender. When hey, you transition. You're a, you're a female. Yeah. Right. Uh, that I don't think we should address that right now. It's a very hairy topic. But I, I do think, want to I think talk we're just ab- digging into the hair tonight. I, but <laughs> I want to talk about... I already have a, uh, something to say about the what percentage of your Grand Lodge is female. Yeah. Because our Grand Lodge is kind of run by women. Yeah. What do you mean? Behind the scenes. Um, behind the scenes. The, the Grand Lodge office is run by women. There oh, are, no, yeah. There's it's... a handful of women who, who run the Grand Lodge building. They run the whole Grand Lodge organization. They do all of the they do all of the heavy lifting um and in fact <laughs> yeah but we'll keep it heavy lifting one thing administrative yeah, stuff it's, it's, it's amazing. metaphorical heavy lifting but, <laughs> but one thing that i think is sort of a really good uh, critique of this is that we give our grand secretary a really big salary while these women who handle the the front of the office do the brunt of the work uh which is a little weird to me i feel a little uncomfortable I'm saying that, and it's you don't you don't have to talk to me. I know that you do they. Yeah. Yeah. So so we do have some women involved in our Grand Lodge. They probably know just as much about Freemasonry as everybody else. They probably have access to the secret rituals and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, and they're super cool. Actually, they're super cool. I love talking to them. They're fun. They're they're not uh, bad people at all. They're it's great set, people. It's set up like a corporation. I know for the corporation that I work for, the administrators. Yeah. I mean, they are, God. They, they control the means of production. They do everything. And yeah. they know everything. And They are the they man. Make, they They're make, the man. They are the man. <laughs> and they make way less than the, the big high-level uh, I know. Dogs. It's super shitty. We should probably try to fix that. What would happen if we try... All right. Next question. <laughs> next question. Is there... Is there tension caused by having men and women working together in a lodge? What about when there are romantic entanglements? Uh, yeah, I'd say there there is. But we don't know that because we don't have men no. and women. No, well, we do have. I mean, we do have men and women working together in lodge, but they're typically couples. So I. I oh yeah, I, actually, I would say, that's true. Yeah. I would uh, say, and and I mean, obviously the 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 wives' girlfriends are not members, uh, but they uh, definitely have significant contributions and and many lodges have a lot of activity from the women the women um and i but i would say there is also uh so i'd say yes there is romantic engagements and uh there is probably a a bit of um 
a bit of stress working together sometimes caused by it. Yeah, um, I think one thing that we haven't had to deal with a whole lot but might be interesting to deal with in the future is entanglements between like uh, homosexual couples, you know, because mm. recently as Freemasonry has begun to be, or mainstream Freemasonry or conservative Freemasonry, Freemasonry has begun to be more inclusive, we now have uh, gay men in Lodge. Mm. And in fact, only recently we have the first gay married couple in, a, in an Oregon Lodge. Yeah. And that'll be really interesting to see if romantic entanglements become an issue. Um, I mean, the only other gay couple that I've been uh, acquainted with or known about is, is in Massachusetts, which, which is all the way on the other side of the country and a totally different culture than here. So I don't even know what it's like over there. Is that kind of Wait, a, kind I'm of like, not supposed to be answering this question. Yeah, you guys you, are you answering this us. question. Um, is that kind of like brocest that there's two brothers in the brocest? Brocest? Yeah. Uh, is the grossest. Is, is, <laughs> is that an alchemical bromance? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> that should be, if that ever gets put in the books, that needs to be the technical term. Yes. Yeah, alchemical bromance, absolutely. <laughs> Future historians. Yeah. Well, and that's Take two note. brothers engaged in an alchemical bromance. Typically, like when I was talking about liberal Freemasonry, that's kind of one of the things I consider about Portland to have as liberal Freemasonry is the acceptance of um, people who are, are homosexual to the, the lodges. You guys, you guys have to be closer together. I'm sorry, you might have to touch shoulders or something. But Joey is leaning back now. The minute you lean in, Joey leans, <laughs> Joey leans back, back. And you're getting super quiet. So I, I have been a member of lodges that had men and women. Not Freemasonic lodges, but uh -huh. they were esoteric lodges that, you know, a lot of the same stuff is I mean it, are you talking about pasta yeah <laughs> esotericism hold on everybody pause why are you guys both so quiet what's going on freaks <laughs> okay alright esotericism is is very uh, uh, what, are they, what do they call it incestual yeah <laughs> <laughs> a good way in their rituals this is a uh, so uh but yeah, I would say it, I would say it definitely creates tension within a lodge. But it, it not tension. That's a bad word. It's it's a different mode of, of working, and it works well. Of course, there there are things that happen that you know it's drama and all that. But the same thing happens in all male Freemason lodges. People get pissed off with each other or whatever, and it, you have different ideas, and they, they don't know how to work it out. In, in this small section of time, so there's still a little bit of drama, but it works out. But mm -hmm. it's the same way in, in, in lodges that have men and women. Okay, let's move on to the next question. All right, which I believe is mine, right? No, yours. Does your grand lodge allow atheists to become members? Is there language about freedom of conscience? in your ritual and obligations? No and no. No, yeah. Uh, it is open to deists, but no atheists. Um, right. And what's, what's the difference between those in case people don't know? Uh, that's really not for us to answer, really. I mean, a yeah. deist, uh, my interpretation of a deist is usually somebody who has uh, 
did somebody not silence their phone? Silence. Silence. It's just vibrating. Dude, (laughs) you are the worst. It's on the. It's on the table. You guys want some more uh, beverages? Yeah. 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 Yeah, Definitely. Summer two for George. Thank you. Um, Carry on. I can't believe you left your phone on vibrate. It's on the table. Jesus. Should I put mine on the table too? No. No. You can text each other. Nobody be like Joey. I mean, everybody be like Joey. He's got amazing hair. We need more Joeys. Okay. Uh, Thank you. Uh, deists and atheists. Like, what's the... De- oh, oh. so a deist... Um, my, my, what I've learned so far, I've, I don't know a whole lot, but deists believe that we have a detached God, uh, like Providence, where God sort of set the whole universe into motion like clockwork and left it to run. That's my interpretation. Is that yours? Yeah, I agree. Um, an atheist would be just somebody that, that denies the existence of God. But, yeah. And we won't go into that. Let's not talk about atheism right now. Let's go on to question 7.5, which is not on your shit. Sheet. Oh. <laughs> uh, hold on. Here we go. Sneaky bastard. You ready for this? Would you join an all-women's lodge? It, did, do I have to get a sex change to do it? You have to lean in close to do it. Would it yeah. Would it, would it require a sex change prior to going into the lodge? I mean, if it's all women. Yes. Oh. No. <laughs> if it didn't require a sex change, yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Easy. I'd, I'd, well. And, and I would and, think and about it if I it would, required a sex change. I, in order to... Uh, <laughs> In keeping with our rules, I would say, and also it would have to be acceptable to still remain in my lodge system that I'm currently in. Oh, yeah. That's a good, that's a good, uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. 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 Thank you. Yeah, if I was able to uh, maintain membership in my current organization without it being a conflict, then I would definitely be interested in being part of a female organization of masonry. (laughs) <laughs> what, if what if they were like all super hot California models I, is there a lodge like that yes yeah but it's it's mostly and if you send NBA me twenty nine ninety five <laughs> on a reoccurring payment schedule for 12 months I will tell you where it's at, at the end I, of I think the, the problem with that would get back to the bare breasts and lodge question um, I think the the idea of at least in an all men's lodge we're conducting something spiritual and, and meditative, and so bare breasts. Women aren't spiritual. No, they are absolutely. Are, are bare breasts not spiritual? Well, I feel like I have a spiritual experience every time I they're, see. Well, they're very, very divine. Um, but <clears throat> I'd I'd have a hard time having the same feeling I have about Lodge currently if there was a a, a, a topless woman in Lodge. It is a different feeling for sure. I, I mean, I I usually <laughs> imagine. No, never mind. Okay. But it's not... It's Question not like 8 is yours. Spent a lot of time looking at the ceiling. It's easy. Well, I mean, to play off of what Nate just said, it's not like a perverted different experience. It's it's just different. <laughs> it does create a, an interesting energy. Ask Question 8. It's super difficult. Oh, God. I don't know if I can do this question. You can do it, Joey. I know you can do it. I have a lot of faith in you. So in mainstream masonry, mainstream slash conservative Freemasonry, we say that we make good men better. That's mm-hmm. our tagline. What is the equivalent tagline for your organization? Oh, well, we that make is, good men that, better. We make good men better. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. I, I would imagine there's maybe something like we make good people better. I don't know. <laughs> okay, number nine. 
can you tell us where your ritual comes from? Uh, specifically in Oregon, I have uh, been trying to research that, but um, in America, That's it's a super loud, weird old car. Okay, keep That's going. It's a nice old car. It's a Cadillac. Um, the Preston Webb lectures that came over from Great Britain are pretty much the influence of our lodge ritual, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I would actually think that this is the sort of question that we could shunt off to, to yeah. Bob's book. Uh, Bob, you know, Bob. Bob Davis. Bob yeah. Davis. Bob yeah. Davis's Bob book, Davis. The Mason's Words, is absolutely about the origin of our ritual. Oregon is kind of late to the scene, so it's not really included. Robert Davis. Yeah. Here's the Robert Davis. To Robert Davis. <laughs> He's a fine. Oh, I miss that guy. Bastard. I love Robert Davis. Greatest Socrates that the Scottish Rite will have ever. The greatest Socrates the Scottish Rite will ever have. <laughs> As a Freudian <laughs> mispronunciation. Okay. Um, you're number 10. Have your esoteric or occult interests grown since your initiation? If so, what other practices or schools have you pursued, practiced, or are interested in? Oh, ooh, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually started researching <laughs> more occult and esoteric practices and, and what they really were. And then um, <clears throat> the other practices or schools that I've pursued, I, I didn't. I wouldn't say I'm an active practitioner, but I am. A, I'm a student of what voodoo does and its relationship to Freemasonry. And I, I guess I would say more like diaspora religions in Haiti right, um, not, than, not like, than the stigma attached to voodoo. Right. Um, so what's, how does that differ from voodoo mysticism? Uh, well, they're, they're yeah, essentially well, the same root. Right. That's, that's a whole yeah, different that's, topic. <laughs> that's fine. That's Let, fine. But, but, but we still have to get back to the, to the Lady Masons. Oh, yeah. For too long. All right, we'll get so, to boot on mysticism later. What kind of practices do you do? Uh, I, primarily, I do uh, meditative practices, um, but I also do invocations and rituals. Um, I I would say, in terms of if I was to qualify it as anything, I would say chaos magic. But right. I I would say more in the Osman Osman Spar. Uh, camp of chaos magic I believe that everything we do is magic and so if I like that police song yes yeah <laughs> what's well, true everything we mm -hmm. do is magic yeah exactly magic 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 just like that film that you showed us Eric <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you like gold <laughs> yeah yeah uh, Alejandro okay. has definitely got that in his movies um, but yeah I I I would say more or less chaos magic and anything I find that I like of different traditions I bring together. I'm, I do a little cultural appropriation with my spiritual practices. Gotcha. That's, a, that's a total brunch callback, by the way. <laughs> uh, I would say uh, when I joined Freemasonry, I was, uh, sup I was interested in esoteric and occult stuff. Uh, and yeah, it's totally grown over the years. Um, and the other part of the question, what other practices or schools have I pursued and stuff? Uh, I don't feel like answering right now. I feel like if you want to know that, you should just listen to the rest of the podcast because I talk about it all the time. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Is that, you're talking about the Care Bear magic that you practice. Care Bear yeah. magic. All the rest of the time. Okay. I sent, that, I sent that gift to somebody the other day. <laughs> Number 11. Number 11. You guys ready for this one? It's a tough one. How have your interactions with mainstream slash conservative Freemasons gone? 
<laughs> Pretty well. <laughs> How are they going right at this particular instant? Uh, like, do you I, feel? Are your interactions going well right awesome. now? Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I moved from Oklahoma to Portland, Oregon, and I already had friends. It was fantastic. That yeah. is actually a super cool thing. It is. Super, I like yeah. that a lot. It, anywhere you go, you got brothers. I wonder if they have sisters. <laughs> you, you can't touch me. <laughs> not not our brothers sisters, but I mean in terms of the uh, the other side of the fences practices, if they would call it, did they call each other sisters? Good question. I'll oh, have I have an answer to that. They uh, Heather was telling me that each lodge makes a decision. Ooh. So some of the lodges you have brothers and sisters, and some of them even the sisters are brothers. Oh, I think hmm. interesting. interesting. So, uh, have you have you noticed a change in how mainstream conservative Masons react or interact with you over the years? Yes, <laughs> yeah. I have absolutely. This is actually really cool. That's a, yeah, because a they're way more it. accepting. Yeah, and it, I don't know if it's because I moved to Portland. Um, it or is, <laughs> but also the craft is. But no, no, it's not. It's not just because I moved to Portland. Because um, I still interact with a bunch of my brothers from Southern Oregon. And they are way more accepting of me, even though we're still super different. Like, they're, they're totally accepting of me. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of like the sort of thing where you're afraid of a... I guess I, it's, it's like the sort of thing where you're afraid of, like, a friend is going to accept you when you reveal some sort of hidden part of yourself. And then they're like, oh, yeah, of course, you're my friend. And it's totally been like that. So I've absolutely realized over the years that... No matter who I am or who I become, my brothers are my goddamn brothers. Like yeah. it's super cool. I I didn't know how to accept that at first, and over the over time, it's I. That's a good question for us to ask us. That that feels. I kind of want to high five you. <laughs> <laughs> that's a shitty high five. That Sorry, was. internet. <laughs> what do you think, Nate? Uh. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> Have you oh. noticed a change in how mainstream slash conservative Masons react or interact with you over the years? Well, yeah, but I mean, I am mainstream, but I'm not conservative, so... But how, how your brothers have interacted yeah, with you. Yeah, okay, well, yes. And you um, are a conservative Mason. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nate hates animals. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think as... Uh, as I've kind of grown in masonry and masonry's grown in me, then the, the the way that I relate to people has really become much more fluid when dealing with brothers and actually really the world at large. Um, I like people sometimes more. That's weird for you, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, I liked them before, but really more from a distance. And now, so, so but that doesn't that mean that you, you're talking now about how masonry has changed you? Right. Well, it, it, one of the, one of the lines we use in ritual is our intercourse with the world, and I think that that's something that it's more... <laughs> I would like to call your attention to more, the more, foreskin of God. More of a romantic entanglement <laughs> with the foreskin of God. <laughs> uh, okay. My turn. In your lodge and Masonic practice, do you learn ceremonial magic techniques? What about techniques involving sacred geometry or the art of memory? Yes. Um, in, a, in Esoterica, we definitely have um, practices that go on that are 
magical, I would say. Mm-hmm. And um, the art of memory is absolutely, that's a crucial part of masonry. Um, it's intertwined with every single degree all the way through the entire system. So I would say, um, well, although thanks to you, it's more apparent in our lodge, Eric. Um, you, you kind of like hammer it into everybody's head that that's what we're doing is practicing the art of memory. <laughs> <clears throat> but it's very, I mean, it's there. It's obvious. Um, sacred geometry, I I wish we actually talked more about it. We um, Yeah, me too. We don't really do anything specific to sacred geometry, and I think we could definitely do more considering we have mathematicians in our lodge that should be able to help us unravel we kinda that. Need, we kind of wow. need a yeah. champion of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I champion the art of memory as much as I can, but we need somebody who champions the, the sacred geometry Champion stuff. geometrician. Yeah. Well, uh, we have a new brother from Colorado who's joining us soon, and I think he's a little bit more into that aspect oh, of right. it. The Colorado kid, he yeah. had an amazing that. He did oh, an amazing sorry. geometry lecture. Joey, what's your answer? <clears throat> I'm I'm not I'm not going to be a champion of anything. No, I mean, what's your answer to the question? <laughs> oh, damn! <laughs> <laughs> we already know that you're the you're the champion of leaning back and mumbling. Yeah, I'm the champion of leaning back and mumbling, being late. Oh yeah, you're pretty good at that. <laughs> Almost as good as Heather. Almost. Uh, I think I do learn ceremonial magic techniques. Yeah. Because it was interesting when I when I got into it. I mean, you can really. If you're if you really still your mind and you're quiet during the opening, and it, and that's just the sacred space, you can feel a palpable change in your environment mentally. Did you just say urine? Urine <laughs> environment. But also, if you open on different degrees and you change the levels, you can feel the shift in energy. Yeah, it's there. It's when, real. Have you ever sat in the east in a lodge? No. Not yet? No. You are going to soon? At some point. Um, I know that from sitting in the east of the lodge, conducting the lodge as a master, there is a a tangible energy flow, a a definite difference to the way that it feels um, in terms of ceremonial magic. Um, It is, I often refer to it as as the feeling of opening the lodge on high. Um, Kind of there's there's the astral plane that's opened up and we've, we've created a space there where we're doing a sacred ritual yeah no it's true and the formations the movements the things that, that are done they're done for a reason mm-hmm. to to access levels of yeah. i mean to me access levels of our subconscious mind that connect to whatever whatever it is which which is also the basis of the the uh, showtime series what is it aom Oh, yeah. AOM? A- Art of yeah. Memory? No. Ancient Oblivious yeah. Masters? <laughs> anyway, it's cheesy, but they do these. It's almost yeah, like a yoga. a loud track. Be quiet. Okay, go. <laughs> so, like, the, the gist of the, of the, of the miniseries is that these, these people get kidnapped. They get locked in a basement by somebody who's doing, who wants to do experiments on them because he wants to access near-death experiences mm-hmm. yeah. to escape oh, right, and right, to right. do things they I have they have to do these specific moves and formations and breath work uh-huh. yeah, together very... in unison and there has to be five of them to access these different dimensions and things and it's it's sacred geometry stuff really and... i didn't i didn't finish watching that show i got bored it, halfway yeah through. The, uh, 
Not uh, to knock the show. It's worth watching. Is it worth watching? Because I totally you, got bored. The end of it kind of left me with a feeling of, did we just kind like, of, did, was, is everybody just crazy and this is really just a big delusion? Or? Was it like, was it like uh, the TV show equivalent of soaking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, wait, what's, whose turn is it? Yours. Oh. No, no, it's mine. Oh. What can you tell us about Saint Germain and his relationship with your Masonic tradition? Ooh, do you well, want to you want to handle this one? Yeah, you want me to Tom get... Tom is a great guy and <laughs> exactly <laughs> That's exactly what I just thought about. Uh, I uh, I really like Tom. I'm a little baffled by his his. Uh, Political stuff that he's doing now. That's just the the face. That's the outward face. That's I, I know that's kind of the exoteric side you, of Saint. You may Germain. be baffled, but but Tom slash Saint Germain is not baffled. My question is: Is he still um, pooping rubies? <laughs> yeah, I don't think he can ever stop. Okay. Um, but okay, yeah, I mean that I, makes me feel thanks, comfortable. Thanks for telling me about that earlier, asshole. Because I never knew. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that means that the economy will still be okay. Right. But, well, Saint Saint Germain is still pooping rubies. Should we focus on the actual aspect of Saint Germain and his relationship to our Masonic tradition? Sure. Um, Why I, would you get all serious like that? Well, all I'm just saying. Because <laughs> it's something it's, really important to tell us. Like, no, I just think it's it's fair to the viewers. Are you Saint Germain? There are no viewers. This is a podcast. They're oh. only listeners. <laughs> Why, what is it with all the cameras around? Oh, that's Saint Germain watching <laughs> us all the time. Um, <laughs> no, I I think that there is. Uh, I think is Saint Germain's teachings had an influence on our Masonic practices and the Rosicrucian influences on Masonry that we have picked up in America. Uh-huh. So I'd say, yeah. Really? Even that late? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, actually, I bet you, um, even though, so like St. Germain is considered a, or I mean, he is, or his idea is definitely a super big influence in a lot of uh, like homegrown American religions, like spiritualism and probably even Mormonism and stuff, he probably has had a pretty big impact on Freemasonry in a way that might be more subtle than we are willing to acknowledge, or or it's subtle so we don't acknowledge it. Which is sad because it's all bullshit. But anyway. <laughs> That's not all bullshit. Uh, <laughs> however, in our lodge, we do not have a St. Germain thing. There are a lot of diesel trucks and a ton of Tinder dates in this neighborhood. I can yeah. cut out the diesel trucks, but I can't cut the Tinder dates. It's, <laughs> it's tough. Uh, my turn, right? Yes. <laughs> Do you recognize mainstream slash conservative Freemasonry? If so, do you allow visitation in your lodge? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah? How about you, Joey? How about you? What do you feel about that one? Well, I guess so. Yeah? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I now think it's 100%. It, no, I mean, like, we were talking earlier about uh, Ugly and their... There's a weird thing in, in our in conservative Freemasonry, we, I think we should call it conservative Freemasonry, which is that uh, recognition is kind of controlled by ugly. Mm-hmm. For sure. And and basically... It's, it's, a, it's not kind which, of. It's absolutely controlled. No, that's, um, a, that's a good conversation to have yeah. later on down the road. I'm okay having that conversation now that I'm a past master of esoteric lodge, and I feel like uh, we get a lot, we get away with a lot of shit in our jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. 
uh, mostly because there are other yeah there are other jurisdictions that yeah there are other jurisdictions but Oregon is super cool like Oregon is super cool we're we're uh, we're a very small Grand Lodge um, our Grand Line is is has a really good I feel like they've got a really good grip on what Freemasonry is supposed to be and they are really interested in sort of engaging people who are interested in what Freemasonry can be yeah and so they kind of love this sort of stuff mm-hmm. I really feel like but they I, love this sort of stuff I totally agree with you but it's also I mean Freemasonry is like it's like a diamond there's so many facets to it and everybody kind of sees a different light mm-hmm. uh-huh yeah yeah that's true so and especially coming from the Midwest and I think you probably got a taste of it maybe in, in southern Oregon just the same type it, it's just a different it's a different flavor it's a different brand it's like a different restaurant you know yeah yeah hey uh, Joey uh, you get to ask number 16 I think if mainstream conservative Freemason if a mainstream conservative Freemason visits your lodge are measures taken to keep them from getting in hot water with their home Grand Lodge? <laughs> For instance, do you keep the visit a secret and off the books? No. It's absolutely yeah. on the books. Everything's it's on always the books. totally on the books. Um, <laughs> this is something I, I actually thought about with the previous question, because as the master of the lodge, I do have the right to refuse anybody that I feel would disrupt the harmony of the lodge. <clears throat> My basic practice would be to assume that if I refuse somebody, that would, right in its nature, disrupt the harmony of the lodge. So I would uh, only do that if it was someone that was very, <clears throat> very disruptive in terms of if they weren't willing to accept the diversity of Portland Masonry and they're from a different what I what I what I used to con- refer to as conservative Masonry, which I would call like the South and Oklahoma. Yeah, now you know <clears throat> that you're a conservative Mason also. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's absolutely records that are kept. Uh, we have sign-in books. The Tyler's book uh, keeps track of who comes and goes. And uh, it's recorded in our lodge minutes who's visiting us. So there's no uh, there's no guard for any conservative masons that come to visit us to keep it secret. Uh, I mean, and the last and final question. Wait, no, hold on. I did, did I finish? Did oh I no, I'm that sorry. One? I would say uh, they're not. If if a mainstream or conservative mason visits our lodge, they're not going to get in trouble with their home grand lodge. No. I mean, Oregon so far has, has, has done a really good job staying out of all of the weird little, like, micro-controversies that happen. Yeah, up, in, uh, up until now. <coughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it might, it might happen eventually. Um, yeah. And if it does happen, like, it's a, it's a stupid... Uh, it would be really foolish for an Oregon Lodge to involve itself in that sort of controversy. That's actually, like, yeah. I've we would probably be our... just like, you know... Dude, brother, can't you just be cool, man? Can you just like come back next month when this is all worked out? Yeah. 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 So, I don't know that it's a super big problem, um, but we never keep. If anything is off the books, it's only because some dork forgot to sign the Tyler's registry. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just an accident. It's yeah. Never it's, done, accident. it's never done on purpose. Not, not purposeful. Holy crap! Is the last last question mine? That's oh. yours, Eric Arneson. Oh, man. Here's the, the flat jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of different flavors. <laughs> all right. All right, Internet. This is a super important question. I hope you guys are all paying a lot of attention. This is the question you've all been waiting for. It's the question at the end of the podcast. 
There's no diesel trucks around. I don't see a diesel truck. I don't want anybody to get distracted. Okay, are you guys paying attention? Lean in close. Lean in close. You guys are both super prone to Joey-ing your cops. <laughs> um, Joe Can you share with us your Lodge's secret pancake recipe? Well, if I did, it wouldn't be a secret. Ooh. I Joey. can, but then I'll have to fucking kill you. Oh. <laughs> Do you have to bleep that? Is that... No, no, no. no. Okay. Well, guys, that's the end of our Masonic interview with the Master of Esoterica Lodge, number 227, Ancient Free and Accepted Masons of Oregon. And the Past Master. Oh, right. The same lodge. Yeah, we don't care about that dude. He's a total dick. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of like him. Nate, thank you so much for being on our podcast. I hope that you come back often and are a guest uh, and don't have to worry about the the weight of being master of esoterical lodge <laughs> because i love talking to you about weird stuff and you've got a lot of really cool weird stuff to share um and that's sort of the end this has been my alchemical bromance you can find us on the internet at my alchemical bromance.com <laughs> and um and I hope that that the the companion podcast to this with Lady Masons went super well. We're gonna go check it out right now. Uh, Do yourself a favor and go drink some beer. Oh man.